listener. Yeah, you. I'm talking to you. Are you tired of searching all over the internet for just the right podcast? Well, Moose Media Inc.'s got you covered. If it's the horror and the macabre that sends chills up your spine, then Moose's Monster Mash is the show for you. Or, if you prefer hearing stories from pop culture icons of the past, present, and future, Bull Spit with Moose has your name written all over it. Just give me a follow over on Twitter at the handle Moose Media Inc. And if there's not an episode between those two shows that you like, that Twitter account is backed by a double your money back guarantee. And that, my friends, is no bull spit. Hey, far out. This is Katie Lee. I'm the voice of Baby Rolf from the Muppet Babies, originally. And you're listening to Bull Spit with Moose. Hey, Paul, look over there at the size of that moose. Son, that's no moose. That there is a pile of bull spit. Welcome, Moose Pack, to another all-new episode of Bull Spit with Moose. I'm your host, Moose. Joining me today, what has become Facebook's new, I guess, UN. Because they've done more in the past few weeks for uniting people than the UN's done in years. So, without further ado, let's introduce us and Gus. How are we doing, guys? Hey, we're doing good. This is doing Levana. great. I'm Gus. Here's Lavana. <laughs> we're doing good. How are you doing? I, I'm I'm great. And you know, it, it's interesting. And like like I said, you guys have done more to unite people since the uh, what was his name? Uh, Petland mm-hmm. um, incident. Then the UN has done, or the government has done, in the last like fifty years. <laughs> And it, it's. Oh, I see you got our check, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and it's astounding to see, you know, just this. What, what started as, I mean, Lavana, you were live streaming from the night that the protest started at Petlin's house, mm-hmm. and well, from that morning that it, when it first started getting organized to become the protest, right? I started going live from then, and I was live for like. 48 hours after. Yeah, and Gus was riding his bike back and forth with his bright-ass yellow helmet. (laughs) (laughs) Being nosy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and you you were both kind of feeling each other out, like, what was the other one's goal? What what was the other one's end goal, you know? Right. What's the agenda? right. Right. And so, from this internal, you know, initial, not eternal, initial, like, uh, kind of conflict grew this friendship because you guys were smart enough to question it and not just blow it off. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think that's what we as a country need to do more as, you know, to move forward. You know, right. It, it, it's okay to question people's intentions. That's human nature. You're always going to question people's intentions. Right. But, like, you guys took it a step further. And, I mean, you you guys have had some really fun videos. I mean, Gus learned how to twerk. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they told me. Gus, what was that like? Oh, that was uh, that was a new experience for these old bones. <laughs> have you ever seen anybody twerking before, Gus? 
No. You would never know what trucking was, huh? I didn't know what it was. I had to look it up. But it seemed like you liked it, huh? Oh, yes. You like truckers. Well, see, and, and that's the thing. It's somebody on one of the streams, you know, made the comment as a joke. And I, I think it's interesting. It was, uh, there's like, adopt a white person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't see that one. Mm-hmm. I see that one. It, it, as funny of a joke as it is, it's an interesting concept. You know, because it, it takes that whole mm-hmm. walk a mile on somebody else's shoes theory. To the power. Right. And, you know, as you guys are, are proving, somebody is in living and learning that culture firsthand. I mean, you're out mm-hmm. bike riding with Gus. You're learning from Gus as much as Gus is learning from you. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it opens that two-way street, which I think is definitely the first step towards finally breaking down this barrier that keeps getting built up and thickened. And breaking that um that gap of misunderstanding and not knowing each other's culture and knowing like how everyone was raised differently, so we all are different and we take things different, we perceive things different, our brains are wired different, we're different. So it's like bridging that gap of understanding each other also. Right. Now I mean you can see me, listeners can't, but uh mm-hmm. what's interesting is like I grew up in what is considered our uh, ghetto area. Mm-hmm. So, growing up, I didn't know like the difference black and white. We were all the same. And then, out of high school, mm-hmm. when you step out into the real world, that's when you're just like, oh, there's a, oh, okay, well, what's going on? You know, that that's when that hits. So, mm-hmm. it, it's not kids. Kids can be taught. Right. You know, the, the hate and the division is being taught. You know, and that that mm-hmm. needs to stop. And that's what I think. I think it's being, it's being taught. Because I think all that stuff starts in the home first. Because everything, when you're born, you don't know nothing. Your mind is a blank canvas to learn from everybody. And you learn the, the most from where you live at and who you live with. And their, how they feel about things. They put their perception on you. You know, to teach you what they was taught or what they know. Right. So it's, it, it has to be taught. You can watch some videos of like little young black kids and young white kids and they so small. They they love each other. they best friends, you know, things like that. So there's no way it's not taught. Let's talk change. Obviously, if the last year has taught us nothing, it's that, you know, police accountability needs to be fixed. Police training needs to be addressed what what do we need to do to actually enact change you know because i mean we all want it but nobody Mm -hmm. seems to be offering like actual here's yeah advice it's all you know we want change from all sides but Mm -hmm. nobody's saying here's the change we need Mm-hmm. And I thought us and Gus was the first step to another movement, like to another way through the movement, instead of protests and stuff like that. I'm saying instead of, like, that shit can go on, but this is just another angle of it to get to know each other and knowing each other's culture and learning each other. 
and know that we can coexist and be friends. And you might find something interesting about somebody that you don't know. And you, But a lot of people have those walls up and they won't let no one in. Everybody got to start. So that's why when we started going live and everybody started watching our show, they started seeing the progression of our relationship from the beginning and how it was into how it is now. And they started be like, okay, because some people in the beginning, they didn't even think that Gus would be down for it. It was like, oh, he's old. <laughs> he's set in his ways. You're not going to be able to convince that man or nothing. He's not going to change, blah, 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 blah. And now they see that just by taking those steps, you don't know. You get to know people. You know, you can't judge it from the front door. And that's what we're going to have to do, start trying to learn each other. Try to. That's what I'm trying to do with the whole us and Gus. And at the same time, there are a lot of people who are not going to change, that they are already um, stuck in their ways. And the world um, is always going to be the way it is. That's not how I am. And that's definitely not how Lavana is. And so we just struck it up. We, we just... Um, the energy was good right from the start. We did a little dance um, to figure each other out, and we quickly realized we can trust one another, and uh, there's no filters at all between us. We can just say whatever is true. Oh, yeah, there's definitely no filters. It's it's fun to watch. I mean, you guys have found a way to take a very serious subject you know, because it's, it's not a topic, it's a subject. I mean, this is living human interest. And tackle it. I mean, there was, I think it was right after the Tamir Rice incident, uh, there was some, you guys were marching down the street. And 100% peaceful. Mm-hmm. Media doesn't cover it. You guys had it live, covered live. Mm-hmm. Media doesn't cover it any of that but they're covering protests that and, and, and no let me rephrase that they're covering the, the uh, riots the, the, the stuff that turned violent and I think that is where right. a lot of our divide is right now is media coverage and that's really why I wanted to reach out to you guys because mm-hmm. a lot of people the positive stories need to get out because the the news is so saturated with what's a ratings grab the riots and the murders and all of that that's a ratings grab a story about a bad cop that's a ratings grab a story about a good cop mm-hmm. that's going to get glossed over you know like there, there's a, Right, because it's for the entertainment purpose and what the ratings going to be and who's going to watch this and who's going to watch that. Like, it just seems like the world just likes it when it's drama or chaos or negative or this and that. They they be tuned in. But when it's like good things, that it's not being covered. A lot of people don't watch the good things. We have to change ourselves before we can change anyone else. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got to all start looking at ourselves, too. Because, like, that's just like, for instance, when, us, when we started going live with all those people out there, like, it was thousands, 300,000 people viewing and things like that. Now we're doing us and us. It'd be people viewing, but not as many as was viewing when that stuff was going on. You definitely have the loyal viewer base. So mm-hmm. y- you've built up at least, I'd say, a minimum of 300 people who you, you're getting that message to. And... If you can get that message to those 300, then those 300 can extrapolate that message to another 300, and so Mm -hmm. on, and so on. And it'll be a long road, but I I think it'll get there. 
and it's mm-hmm. definitely a lot better than oh another shooting in city x <laughs> you know i mean here in omaha recently i think we've had 20 in the last couple of weeks you know and mm. that, that's all of our that, that's all our news is covering right now there's nothing else there's nothing else going on in omaha like well there's other stuff but come on guys mm-hmm. I, I think and i wanted to get your opinion on if you thought the media is helping further that divide i think that too i definitely think that because they put out what they want like i did a few interviews when this whole situation started and only certain things was being taken out of it and they were able to choose what they put up there and what they didn't want me to say or what they wanted me to you know, people hear me say and things like that. Even when they went to saying the riot was violent, it wasn't no violent riot. It was only one individual who decided to bust up some lights that was outside of his house. It wasn't like everybody who was out here was just riding up, tearing up things and stuff like that. That was one person. And everybody was on that person like, no, 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 no. Because then that's going to change the narrative of what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. You know, so don't do that. You know, but of course... The media going to make it look like they But they do that with everything. They do that with everything. It ain't just the protest and the right. They do that with everything. They get the juicy story, what they wanted to put out, how they wanted to look. They skew certain views. They, they do that with everything, though. Well, so, yeah, it's not news anymore. It's almost all gossip, you know? Like a reality TV. Right. Like, and they get to choose what they want. They get people to like it's entertainment or something. Well, it, that was funny because I think – Day two of the Pentland stuff, you were interviewing the uh, officer in his driveway, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Don't, don't, don't change my narrative. Don't, no, no." And you're like, "You're on live. I can't change anything. What you say right. is what people hear." Right. Yeah, I, I think that's more what people need is that live, unfiltered and unfettered access to news because you know it's raw. And they, and people with inbox to be like, uh, we're going to get a GoFundMe together and we're going to pay for you to go all around the world so that when these incidents happen, you'll be live and you can sit there and be live so we can know what's really going on and not what just the media putting out there. And I was like, ooh, that's a... It's also a little scary, though, to be to do that because you got your people with them a negative opinions, mm-hmm. you got your people with positive opinions, like, thank you so much for recording and all that. Then you got your other people on the other side sending you hate mail, calling you niggas, stuff like that. So oh, I bet. It's kind of scary. Yo, and, yeah, I was going to ask, you know, what, what the whole experience has been like for you, because, I mean, I know watching it, you know, you got some, uh, like, verbal threats, like, that night uh, when you were alive. Yeah, well, mine happened when because I, I came over and stuck my nose in what was going on as an observer. And I stayed on one side of the street. I happened to be on my bicycle and had my uh, uh, incognito helmet on, bright <laughs> green. <laughs> and so I, I'm observing, and, and the fact that I was not on the other side of the street, waving a banner and uh, chanting and, and, and shouting, then I was a, I was a suspect. I, I was not a suspect, but, but my presence was suspect. And so three different times people came over and got all around me. Uh, I did not feel intimidated at all. It just, it, I felt okay. I wasn't worried about being harmed or shoved or anything worse 
Um, I did not engage with anybody who was shouting and screaming and and uh, ranting. If somebody asked me a question somewhat calmly, I was happy to try to answer that question and have a conversation in spite of the noise around us. Um, and people didn't really know why I was there. I'm not even sure I knew why I was there, other than I was interested in what was going on and what I considered my neighborhood, the neighborhood next door to where I live. So I didn't come over with an agenda. Maybe I could have, but I didn't. I just came over to see what was going on. And then I noticed what was going on. I, I tend to uh, take action when I see things that need to be fixed. So I saw a street that was blocked, and I attempted to get the street unblocked by going to the police. We didn't do a thing about it. So I was concerned about what would happen if a fire truck or an ambulance tried to get through. It just wasn't going to happen. And then I, I left about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I thought about coming back later in the afternoon or the evening, and I didn't because um, I thought it might get nasty later in the evening. And I thought, well, I just don't need to be there for that. Mm-hmm. But see, people, he was looking at people like to take a picture of people like this place too. So that's where our people was mad. Like, why are you taking pictures or whatever of people like to put trying to figure out what was his intention in being there, what he had going on. So when he came down there, everybody did crowd around him because they was aggravated. They was trying to see what you're doing here. Like, what did you... Are you are you going with this? Are you protesting with us? Or are you doing something funny or racial? Or they thought he's a racist white guy. Yeah. <laughs> but then, like after he's talking to us, and then I realized, you know, he's not a racist white guy. He really is just nosy, and he just really want to come over here and get the cars to move just in case the fire truck needs to get through. I say, let's face it, guys. You have the same problem that that a lot of us have. It's called uh, nosy white guy syndrome. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You know, I, I have it too. It's okay. <laughs> Mine and other people's business. But he just like that. He do it with everything. You know, something goes on outside. You look, you're like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> oh, no. It's cars down there. They illegally parked. Let me go down there and make sure that these people move out of the way. It could be a fire or anything. You know, like, you, you see cops out front with their lights on. First thing you do, ooh, what? what, what? What's going on? You know, what they doing? <laughs> yeah, and I've done it for a long time. Yeah, I mean, it, more than 30, 40 years. I, I've uh, uh, stuck my nose into things. I would stay uh, to see if I can fix it, but I recognize that other people don't look at it that way. No, because most people mind their business, and they just like, why did you get up out your bed to come all the way to another neighborhood and do all of this? That's see, right. I, I, I was what? just going to say that, that that is genuinely a white guy thing because. <laughs> in my experience, black folks are not going to stick their nose in a situation like that. Mm-mm. They don't know how it's going to end. Nope. That's just like the white movies where they be running and they stay right. white people run straight to the incident. Like, what's going on around the corner? End up shot or something. Black people, they go. Right. It's like, you knew better than that. What What are you thinking? Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, it's... Now, it, it's funny to joke about stuff like that because it's there are those very – those are the cultural differences that are definitely fun to joke about because mm-hmm. what's weird is it, it comes from years of essentially the black oppression and just the white like entitlement and empowerment that mm-hmm. is ingrained in both cultures. Mm-hmm. You know, 
to where and that's hard for me to understand because I've never, I mean I understand it but I've never thought about it that way see and yeah I, I, I agree I don't you know I've never really felt the uh, entitlement but as far as like entitlement goes by definition but just talking about it, it kind of it actually just kind of clicked in my head um, the fact that we as a culture will go look at right. the uh, <laughs> incidences and we'll stick our noses collectively where they don't belong says something about who we are as a people. You know, like we have that just innate swagger, like nothing's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going to happen to me. Right. And I know better. Personally, I know better. You know, I, I've had the gun pulled on me at stop signs because I've been in the wrong part of town. I've, you know, I've lived through a lot of this, thankfully. I've lived through a lot of this, but it's still just right there in the back of my head. Something happens outside. You hear gunshots outside. What do you do? Well, you should get, on the get floor. away. You should get on the floor. Yeah. No. What's a white guy do? Hey, who's shooting? Gus gonna go get his gun. And he's going to come outside the front porch. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, Ed- well, in Denver one night, I got robbed in a parking lot. Seven o'clock, came out of a restaurant, and my car was the first car in the parking lot. I wouldn't even park way in the back of the parking lot where it was dark. And these two uh, young men came across the parking lot with their ski masks on. It was a cold night. And I just opened the car door, and uh, the wife sat down in the car. My habit was to automatically lock the door when I closed the door for her. I was standing right by the right front door, and I look over, and I see uh, these two men coming toward me. And I just automatically looked down, and one of them was holding a little silver automatic. And I just thought, oh, crap. (laughs) And he stood behind me with a gun right up at at my head, she said. And I, I thought about it. I mean, for a moment, I thought I could you know, do a karate move, whip around and, and move that gun and take them both down. And and then I thought, no, that gun is going to travel right across that windshield. And about the time his reaction time kicks in and he pulls the trigger, she's going to be in the way. So I did. Well, they got five bucks from me and my watch. Uh-uh. And I told the cops when they came that I should have told them, you got to rob people these days before they go in restaurants. I've already been robbed once tonight. <laughs> the cop said it's a good thing I didn't say that to these two guys because they hired they they robbed a girl on the street a block away and they got six bucks from her. So two armed robberies and eleven dollars. And the cops caught him. They they made a U turn in front of a cop car about fifteen minutes later, and the cops caught him. I couldn't identify him. You know how do you identify somebody wearing a ski mask? Right. And uh, so they stated. But Gus, he see things like black and white, like it's supposed to be this, and then, oh, you don't have to be scared. Da, 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 da. But we see things from a different way because of what we've been through, what we, how we was raised up, and what's going on now. Like Gus, he feel like he's not scared when he get pulled over by the cops. Nobody should be scared when they get pulled over by the cops. And for what? It's just all you have to do is keep your hands on the steering wheel, or all you have to do is do the opposite said to you, blah blah blah. But on my end of it, it's like no, I've seen people still get killed and stuff that's still going on, and they've done what they were supposed to do, and it's scary to me. It's scary to even have a black son out there that's drive. And even when I get pulled over, there's a, there is a real live fear inside of me getting pulled over. And they try to pull some bullshit just to say they had some type of way to shoot me. Oh, and that's I, really I, I, a I thought. Agree. 
See, I don't agree. But he don't agree because he don't live there. Well, well, see, I'm going to hypnotize you. I I'm going to hypnotize you and you're going to move. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Gus, have you always been the like clean-cut white guy? Yeah. Like, well, except there was a time when I had a beard down to here and took a raft trip through the Grand Canyon and had this shaggy, shaggy beard. I mean, really long and ugly. And um, seven months worth of beard untrimmed. Um, but uh, most, most of the rest of the um, Did you get harassed at all during that time by the police? Did you get time. harassed at all? No. Have you ever been harassed by the police? Ever? Yeah, I have been. Yes, I have been. What they did? What they yep. did? Well, it was after I asked a couple of cops on different occasions to enforce the law. Like, would you please go down there and move all those people parked in the no parking zone at the airport so I can pull up and pick up my great aunt. And, and this one, it, it happened to be a white cop. And he was all over me, mad that I would ask him to do his job. And he chased me around the circle at, at O'Hare Airport in his car, shaking his fist at me and yelling profanities out the window. Mm-hmm. And I saw my great aunt, 85 years old, standing on the curb, pulled in, picked her up, and went on my way. Yeah, you went on your way, though. You wasn't shot. Well, I, I said, man, I, wasn't that, 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 that's not harassment. That's just him telling you that's not to right. tell him how to we do his job. real harassment. That's not harassment. He was doing something, and you rode away. We're talking about real, like, racial profiling. Yeah, or oh, they pulling you over, snatching you out the car, snatching you doing stuff they know they shouldn't do, and you know they shouldn't do it because you were a former officer. And they shouldn't do just because you are talking and having a conversation. Like, I've seen this one with this girl. He told her to get the, the car. And she said, for what? How long is this going to take? That's all she said. We talking about words here. He dove in the car, honey, wrestled her down, snatched her out the car, slammed on her neck, all that. We talking about, like, you never had that type of stuff happen. At all. Well, I'd want to see the video and see if she gave him an attitude. But even if she gave him an attitude, that doesn't give him the right to do that to her. I say, I I can tell you there's been a couple times where if I'm driving out in the, uh, like, richer area of town and I've been pulled over, it's, you know, standard protocol, you know, hands on wheels, get your stuff out, Mm. everything you're taught to do. And I've still been met with when the officer comes up, it's gun drawn because now that they can scan your plates, it's because I'm from the poor part of town. What am I doing out there? You know, why am I in this area of town? It's like, because I want to be. Get the fuck out of here. You know, I'm driving and they through. doing that because they feel like you're from a poor part of town. Right. But imagine they doing it because your skin color. And just no, Exactly. Yo, and, and it don't matter how much money you got. It don't matter if you're a lawyer. It don't matter if you're in the military. You could be a military uniform, and they're going to pull you out and spray you in your ass with mace. What? Right. Yo, so, yo, I, I, I can never say I, I truly understand what's going on, but th- th- there are instances where it's like, yo, I, I have at least that, like, glimpse of, you know, Oh, th- this is actually, you know, this this shit is nuts. Mm-hmm. You know, because I've always been the big guy, big beard, long, you know, I-, I looked like a big bearded hippie for years. That used to get harassed for, you know, what are you doing here? You don't belong here, that kind of shit. And, mm-hmm. you know, same thing. It's just like, what? Because I don't look the norm for the white guy. You don't get treated like... Mm-hmm. You, you should be treated, you know, a human. 
Right. It's interesting to see how people think other people should be treated. And I, I have to, it's very cringeworthy, especially in the last few years, to see how uh, the uh, black culture has been treated publicly. Because now we know it's gone on in private. Publicly, just on camera nowadays. I, to me, I don't see what people don't see. I see what's going on. I don't care. I, I see it with my own two eyes. And I just feel like it's wrong. Like, I see how some white people get treated. They And I've been around white people. I know white people. I mean, I'm not racist at all. I have white friends, family, and all that. And I just see the way it's handled. It's just handled so differently when it comes to... I mean, it, you can say it ain't true, but it's right there in everybody's face. Right. Unfortunately, the problem we run into is... You know, the blanket, you know, blanketing all the cops together because, like, New York cops are going to be different than, like, Nebraska cops. And what sucks is if there's an incident in, like, say, Nebraska that ended the right way with somebody getting arrested and nobody getting shot and everything going the way it should, you know, that automatically gets... Uh, compared to, you know, somebody in New York getting shot and killed. It's like, well, those are different officers, different training, different scenarios. So you can't compare the, you can't really compare the two. And I, I think that's a slippery slope we're headed down. The slippery slope is everybody putting all the cops in one. In, in like one basket, you know, across the country. I mean, yes, e- but each state has... that's the same thing that's done with race. That's the same exact stuff. If we all are black, if I put in one basket, and we all are different. Everybody not ghetto. Everybody not confrontational. Or you need to be scared of every black person you pull over because they might shoot you and all that. That's, the, that's what's going on with that, too. Oh, I, I agree. It, it, that, that's a basket that needs to be dumped out and scattered back around. Mm-hmm. You know, just I, I don't know. I, I'm a, as a student of history. I, I don't. I, I can't say where something went wrong because it never went right. Yeah, I was about to say that. It seemed like it was always wrong to me. Yeah, you know, it's like we trying to make that right. We trying to make that wrong. That long road wrong be right. I say it, it. It was never right. So there's no way to pinpoint where it went wrong. I mean, that you, you can identify spots where it went worse. But not where it went wrong, and that that that's that's a damn shame. People are people. Here we are. It's twenty twenty one, and we're still hung up on you're black, I'm white. Right. That's just so. I feel the same way you feel on that. Sorry to cut you off. I feel the same way. Like, oh lord, can we just all get along? Like, start yeah. learning each other and just get along. We all people. Don't care what color you are. First of all, there's so many colors out there. You can't just say black. We got light skin, dark skin, medium skin, and even in the white um, community, you got the, your pale white, your light white, pink white, whatever white you want to call it. Hell, like, by the end of summer, I look like a Mexican. So <laughs> just let it go. Like, can we just get along? I don't know how people say that all the time, but can we really just get along, all right. of us? Right. I, I got mean, somebody in my house right now, the Vietnamese. I got somebody else. I don't know what culture he is, but then I got Gus. He white. Then I'm black. There's a lot of us in here, and I don't hate none of them. Like, we all eating Chinese food together. And What's Gus up? is hang- white, white. <laughs> oh, yes. 
And I mean that with all respect, Gus, but you white, white. (laughs) 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 But you learning. It's okay. It's okay. So given when this episode's going to air, I want to talk about something that I am curious if uh, Gus knows about. Gus, do you know what uh, Juneteenth is? Say the word again. Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. What what is Juneteenth? You do know oh, what Juneteenth is. Oh, guilty, guilty. No, yeah. Juneteenth. Maybe we oh, Juneteenth. Have, yeah. We know what Juneteenth yeah. is because we having a big Juneteenth cookout out here in Columbia for the whole community. We're gonna have bouncy houses. We're gonna have um, food. We're gonna have us and Gus out there so they can beat us and Gus. And then we're gonna have like a uh, shopping, like vendors and stuff like that for Juneteenth. So oh. we talked about it. Oh hell yeah! Mm-hmm. I, I definitely think that's an important you know, celebration. And what what's always astounded me is, you know, it, it's celebrated as the last day that uh, of, you know, the slaves being freed and everything from Texas. But there were still two states with slaves in them after that until December of that year. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'd always wonder, it's like, well, how come we don't celebrate December 10th? <laughs> like, <laughs> if we just started doing the Juneteenth thing, well, I, to my knowledge, it's more recent. They started celebrating it back in, I think, 1866 in, like, parts of Texas. No, oh, well, I'm talking about my, my time. We just right. now well, get yeah. up and run. I'd say in current can, times, um, it's uh, been the last few years where it really yeah. picked up. Right. Because Jay, they were saying July 4th ain't our Independence Day, right? Is that why the whole thing? Yeah. I flipped over to do Juneteenth. Yeah, I was like, white folks are free, but we weren't. Right. You know, when I first heard about it, I was like, well, what the, what the hell? And then you look into it, and you know, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. It's You look at something, and it's okay to question it at first. Because you always question intentions and you question motives and things like that but do some research look into things and then make a judgment call because you know like i started to say it was when when i first heard about it i was like well this just sounds dumb you know just juneteenth like it it just sounds you know it it sounded weird Mm -hmm. yeah and then you're researching into it and you're like oh well shit no, that's a great day to celebrate. I mean, it's, it's fucking perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's amazing what just five minutes, five minutes worth of research can change a person's perspective like that. Mm-hmm. It's all it takes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How are we on time? But yeah, let's go ahead and wrap this up because I know you guys got other things to do here in a little bit. And I want to give you a little bit of a break before you have to do everything else um but before we go do you have a message you want to leave everybody with i just want to say love 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 each other open your hearts up take those barriers down and start accepting one by one and talk to your neighbors talk to each other get to know each other and and maybe we can make some type of change in a different a positive movement yeah i I would find somebody i don't want to talk to and talk to that person Right, everybody go find somebody that you don't like or you don't want to talk to or is a different race than you and get to know each other. Yes. And Lavana, where can everyone find 
and keep up with the uh, Us and Gus uh, live feeds. They can find us, Us and Gus, on Facebook. Us and Gus U.S. and the and sign and Gus U.S. And then if they can't find it, they can go into my name, LaVonna Goodwin. But I changed my Facebook name to Us and Gus and YouTube also. So you can go to YouTube and search Us and Gus and we're on YouTube also. And the thing that's worked best for me is to go to uh, Facebook.com forward slash LaVonna D. Oh. LaVonna D. That gets me to where I can look at Us and Gus videos mm-hmm. so much faster than trying to go what would look like a normal way. I don't know what would be wrong with his phone, though, because when <laughs> I pulled up, I, I could find it. He could never find it. He'd be like, come on, I want to go look at the live video we did today. He's I old. can't pull up. <laughs> he ate it too. <laughs> don't listen to Gus. Go to us and Gus. Now, just try. <laughs> <laughs> One more thing. I do have a shoe store. It's called Norsoles, N-O-I-R-S-O-L-E-S.com. We sell women's shoes, men's shoes, and kids' shoes. Oh, nice. So I want to let them know that, too. If they go on my North Soul site, they can find their Us and Gus t-shirts. It's on the <laughs> accessories. Because everybody's trying to buy them and wear them to the Juneteenth pickup. And everybody welcome to come to Juneteenth pickup. If you get a flight, you can come, too. Well, thank, thank you so much for having us today. Oh, not a problem. And listeners, you can find the links to everything they just mentioned in the episode description. And you can find me on Twitter at Moose Media Inc. or on Electronic Media Collective alongside other great podcasters. And guys, yeah, I was glad we were able to sit down and kind of virtually break bread, I guess, as it were. Mm-hmm. You know, and share the message of positivity and hopefully get th- that message out more that l- let's break down this, you know, wall that's keeping everyone apart and maybe... Maybe in our lifetime, we'll actually get to see a unified people. Martin Luther King said, I have a dream. Well, maybe we'll get to see that dream. Hopefully. I'll let you guys go, and uh, I look forward to the next live All stream. All right, Paul, you be blessed. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, listeners, there's a lot of good podcasts out there. Unless you're here, it's probably just a load of bull spit. Until next time, take it easy. Ooh, that sure was some bullspit, but I sure had fun. Junior, you need some help. Be sure to tune in next time.